Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. My name is Jason Rockman, your host, and uh, really, really happy to have you back with us this week for another episode. Uh, this week, we've got someone very, very special that's going to be joining the show, someone that I've been a fan of for a long time. Uh, I've gotten to know him over the last year and a half or so through uh, a project that he was involved in, and um, I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. But before we go there, let's bring in our co-host, the man that makes everything happen behind the scenes and on camera with me, Mr. Ryan Stick. Ryan, I knew it. Oh, no, dude, you got to stop doing that. You're going to get an ulcer. If you're listening and you can't see, Ryan is chugging hot sauce. What are you chugging? Which one was it? Well, in honor, uh, my birthday was recently mm -hmm. and I had the uh, family over. And, yep. uh, you know, because I'm a ham, I'm like, would you like some hoppy hot sauce? <laughs> That's how I say it. <laughs> yeah. They're like singing happy birthday, like happy birthday to hoppy hot sauce, will you? But uh, no, so honestly, we were having dinner and my sister mm -hmm. that loves hot sauce. She was like, she tried the dill pickle and actually admitted a, a, a very pleased sound, you know, okay. like, mm, like one of those. <laughs> so, yes, considering my sister isn't one of those things from the Dark Crystal, I was very impressed that she liked it so much. So in honor of my sister's genuine reaction, I decided to chug <laughs> the uh, dill pickle hot sauce today. Uh, I did not chug the dill pickle hot sauce today, but I did want to bring on camera this one that I enjoy <laughs> quite a bit, the pineapple habanero. Um, this is uh, made from the good folks over at uh, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. And of course, if you don't know Heartbeat Hot Sauce, they are a small batch fermenter company out of Thunder Bay that make incredible hot sauce. And they are the uh, title sponsor of our podcast. So we'd love to direct you to go to heartbeathotsauce.com, pick up some hot sauce. Um, the, you can get a six pack, uh, mix it up, try different ones. They've got a bunch and uh, you will not be disappointed. Also wanted to let you know, they have some great merch too. I mean, their, their shirts and stuff are great. I love the designs. I, I love that one. Yeah, I wanted to bring this, uh, This, you know, it's got a good aesthetic everywhere. So not only can you uh, eat their stuff, but you can wear their stuff quite proudly. So we want to thank Heartbeat Hot Sauce for always having our backs and uh, our uh, palettes. And uh, speaking of our backs, we have to also thank the good folks at Studio House Designs who are always sending us some of the raddest stuff. Um, Ryan and I <laughs> love their shirts. So a uh, big thanks to Cody and Aaron at Studio House Designs, studiohousedesigns.com. Uh, they do drops almost every week of uh, some of the greatest shirts and the greatest movies ever. And uh, they're great designers over there. So big th shout out to them too. All right, Ryan, this week we've got Richard Patrick from Filter. Uh, Richard also was formerly in Nine Inch Nails for a spell. And uh, I'm really excited to have Richard on the show because as you know, um, not only am I a big Filter fan, but I'm a big fan of Richard because he kind of shoots from the hip, man. He does. He says what he he says what he wants, and he says how he feels, and I appreciate that about him because a lot of people will. A lot of people are careful about what they what they say, but but Richard speaks from the heart, um, and he's genuine. And um, I'll you know I'll never forget getting in touch with him and saying, "Hey, man, we're doing this cover for Roadie Relief. Um, we want to help the out of work roadies." This was at the beginning of the pandemic. And we're, we're trying to raise some money by doing this cover with some amazing musicians. Would you want to be a part of it? Immediately, Ryan, he said, yes. He's like, absolutely. Wow. And, uh, and he was part of We Care A Lot, which was, which was great. Um, people were, were losing their shit when they saw that Richard was a part of it. And then he yeah. came back and um, was a part of uh, Mountain Song and helped us get in touch with Louise Post, who I hope to have on the show in the next little while. He brought such a different vocal take to both of them. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that's, definitely. That's definitely. a really 
interesting thing is that the first one it was so punk rock and there was this snotty approach he intentionally did to yeah. it which was really funny because dmc's came off like this strong beast yeah and dennis was like a a dramatic theatrical bruce dickinson ish type of yeah. uh theatrical performance so it's just really cool to have richard just come in at the end of that and just like nail it and a mountain song of course like it, it, richard uh, for a guy that just started out as a guitar player he has a lot of range as oh a singer. yeah man he's a great singer and he's got yeah. one of the best screams ever yeah you know he's one of my favorite guys that screams and when he does that i'm just like how do you fucking do that man it's, <laughs> it's it blows my mind not only is richard a great guy uh richard's um just he's He's always kind of been there ever since I, I've i met him officially and, and gotten to know him a little bit. He's always been there if I've needed a hand with something. And he's um, he's always been generous with his time. So I'm, I'm really happy to have him on the show. Excellent. And, uh, you know, Richard, uh, you get into so many things. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, like seriously, buckle up. You're in for a hell of an interview. This is one of those other ones where you guys just dial into each other. The conversation is organic. It goes from... Like, you know, um, movie scores you both love. I mean, uh, you know, he tells a, tells a Nine Chanel story or two. It's really, really, really cool. Or about his long-term friendship with Trent Reznor, which I did not know about. Yeah. I mean, Richard is a mystery I'm enjoying solving slowly. Yeah. Cool. So check it out. Our conversation with Richard Patrick from Filter. All right, uh, really, really happy to have with me uh, this week on the Rockman Power Hour, um, a guy who I've gotten to know over the last about year and a half uh, due to a project that uh, he got involved with, but uh, a guy who I've been a fan of for a long, long time, Richard Patrick from Filter is joining us. Um, first of all, thank you, thank you so much for coming, man. Um, you and I have had many conversations over the last year and a half due to this project, the Kings of Quarantine, but I've never had a chance to actually sit down and do what I do with you, which is talk to people. Um, you know, have a real conversation like this style. So I'm looking forward to it because I, again, you're someone that I've gotten to know, but I've never really gotten to ask you some of the stuff I've wanted to ask you. Oh, cool. Um, the in-depth but, interview. <laughs> well, I mean, not in, not in depth, but it's not the kind of My thing. My man, Jace. It, it's not the kind of thing, you know, when I'm, when I'm calling you and asking you about a track, I want to go, oh, by the way, uh, this song on this record. But, um, but first of all, thank you for taking the time. Um, you, you, no one problem. Thing, what I always like about you is that um, ever since I've had my first dealings with you, you're, you're a guy that always takes the time. You're, you're, you will find the time, and, um, and you've proven that with the Kings of Quarantine project. I mean, the minute I got linked to you and asked you, you were like, I'm in. And it was never, it was never difficult. It was always easy. It's, uh, it was, well, how many people feel terrible about not being on tour and not being able to pay their their road crews and their techs and everybody yeah it's awful this pandemic has been just dreadful and we can finally do something about it kings and it's it streams a lot like it's it's a lot yeah i mean we there are the first one um you got involved with the first one that we care a lot and uh i mean that thing's yeah it's killing it and and it was great because it it just it just dropped at the right time everybody you know, gravitated towards it. Everyone appreciated. I loved. It. I loved how everybody dealt with COVID. Yeah. Like everybody was, especially the guys from Mastodon, and and just, you know, just like let's all get involved. Yeah. Like everyone's like, well, we're not doing anything, and we're not on the road playing. 
So it's, it's, I just, I just, I loved how everyone came together on that. That was really cool. It was really cool. And um, it, it's a kind of thing that, you know, globally, the world went through something. And I don't know if we're ever going to go through something like that again, because that was, you know, I don't remember the last time, at least in my lifetime, um, where the entire world was going through the exact same thing. And, you know, different places dealt with it differently, but the whole world was dealing with something all at the same time. And there was no yeah. escaping it. Um, so I think it was, it's, what's nice about it is that project. And now we have a, and now we have a new world war. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a whole other ball game, but, um, wow. but uh, you're someone, I guess you're used to doing stuff. So just, now we should do, now we should do Kings of quarantine. Let's do Kings of the people who love Ukraine. And uh, listen, it's, Estonia. it's, I, I'm not, uh, Kiev. I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. That's for sure. But we're, because what, no matter what, there's refugees that are just caught up in the middle of this whole thing. And it's, you know, like, let's, let's help them. It's crazy the way the world's, you know, we, we literally went from a global pandemic to a war and, mm -hmm. and, and it felt like, especially in Canada, like we had, we had truckers that were protesting in front of, um, you know, in front of the uh, parliament in Ottawa, mm -hmm. they were there for, you know, almost a month. It, it went well it went from one weekend they were there to the next weekend there was a war and it was just crazy it, it, and there was it was literally seven days from when you know the, the prime yeah. minister decided he was going to inject this old war act and have them removed and seven days later there was a war in the ukraine and it felt like that was a, a whole lifetime ago yeah it's insane but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk to you about um, about filter, and I want to talk to you about some of the stuff that you've been involved with in the past. Because oh, thank you. Um, I you know let's save us because we <laughs> if we go down a political road, you know. Yeah, no. I, well, I, I'm a bit left. And no, and that's fine. I mean, I'm I don't consider myself a radical like my cousin does, but uh, I'm a bit left. I'm I'm a common sense middle of the road kind of leans left a little bit. That's. That's my thing. Well, you're pretty much like a Canadian. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like a Canadian, except I have a gun. <laughs> I mean, that's actually, no, it, it's, it's amazing. My, my whole family, my, my dad never owned a weapon ever. Right. Died at 80 years old, never owning a firearm. That's how I want to be. I don't want to own a weapon. So you don't own, you don't own no. guns. You just, I don't own guns. You, you just take pictures with them sometimes. Sometimes I'll take pictures with the guns, but it's more for, but I think a lot of that is more for, uh, it's more like an art statement, right? Yeah. No, guns are terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, guns are, guns are on the planet for one thing, killing people and killing things. And, um, you know, obviously there's a time and a place we, we needed guns in our revolution. We needed guns in world war two. I understand that, but like the, the, the people that just my second amendment goddamn right i'm ready you know i just i just don't get it it's yeah. like dude yeah. chill yeah canadians are like chill yeah just, <laughs> we definitely dude, are dude america we're so we're like a hysterical next door neighbor we're just like this hysterical when you get it guns and you know just unbelievable marjorie taylor green it's a country of marjorie taylor greens well it's be, being canadian next to the states it can kind of feel like it's, you're you're living underneath someone who's running a meth lab yes <laughs> dude america's <laughs> fucked america's fucking crazy i love america it's the greatest place on earth yeah for me i'm, I'm never gonna leave my country i'm always gonna fight for what what it is about 
but it's about freedom. It's about a whole bunch of other stuff and freedom for all freedom, not, not financial tyranny, not guns, fucking Jesus. It's about anyone's religion. It's about, yeah. you know, or not believing like me. I don't believe in religion. I don't think that it, I think it was used inappropriately for the past couple thousand years. And, and, you know, some of it's good. You know, I love the love thy neighbor and, and, I love the liberalism of Jesus Christ, but I don't necessarily, um, I think or, guys like Joel Osteen and, you know, like all these people that profit off of the, you know, the Lord and it's goofy. You got a lot of Star Wars stuff back here, I see. I've got a lot of Ron English stuff up there. So a lot of, a lot of my Ron like stuff up there is Ron English. I got yeah. a lot of pops down there. I love the Star Wars though. Yeah, all those. Little- and you have some faith in the more plaques and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. I, got, I got a bunch of stuff back there. Um, yeah. Let me ask you. Okay, you started out. Yes, um, you started out in Chicago. Um, how much do you think Chicago shaped where you went musically? Like, do you always feel? And I know you're in California now, but do you ever, do you always feel a connection to Chicago? Well, Chicago was cool because there was this industrial scene, right? And Trent Reznor and I went to go see Skinny Puppy in 1987 and it blew my mind it blew my mind and i i fell deeply into the teachings of like al jorgensen and kevin key and yeah just the the fact that it was electronic but it was mean yeah it was heavy and so that's what I like gravitated to. And when I was in Nine Inch Nails, I was the guy that was constantly like, come on, man, make it heavy. Keep it mean, like head like a hole. That's tough. But some of these other songs, you know, I don't know what you're doing, you know. And I say that because I love I loved him at the time. And, you know, he's my best friend. You know what I mean? He was but I was always the guy that was like, keep it mean, keep it heavy. And and I think that was probably one of the cooler things that i did when i was in nine inch nails so you were you always led to that heaviness and then obviously when you you know you branch off and you and you do short bus yeah um, and you were able to fully you you were able to go short bus was short bus was an industrial record it was drum machines it was guitar yeah um but then there was this side of it that poked out and was a little lighter Mm -hmm. like the song stuck in here and uh so cool and stuff like that um i got a little bit melodic and that's because the ultimate influence in my life is is probably you too right okay like that that's the that was the band that i loved when i was like 14 and 13 14 i found you too and it was like wow it's something so completely totally elegant and um atmospheric and original just purely totally onto their own thing yeah like absolutely not nothing sounded like them and um but then <laughs> tragically i was so influenced by them when i was 16 17 um i got turned down by a record company and i was like devastated and like a scorn child i ripped all the youtube posters off because they were like you sound too much like you too you sound too much like you too okay and yeah. then and i called i called trent and he's like well what records are you listening to these days and i'm like i don't know i need to find something better and then 
just that moment, my friend Dave Soleil came over with the land of rape and honey. And it was like, that was it. I, I found it. Yeah. This is the new genre that I need. You know, it's funny when you talk about, oh, my dog is behind us. Uh, it's yes. fu- it's funny when you talk about um, you two and being elegant and being original. Uh, I, I interviewed Bono and, and when I was chatting with him, I wanted to know where he got that from. And it's amazing how much they pay tribute, um, you know, with their influences to Joy Division. It's for them, for him, it's like, it was all about Joy Division. He goes, we just wanted to sound like Joy Division, right to Larry's drumming and everything. And I'm like, it's funny. I would never put that, those two together just without him saying that because I don't hear it, but, but I, but I can feel it. And you can think when you listen to Joy Division, and and they're just fully, they're just fully on to their thing. They're yeah. totally, totally original, completely. Joy Division, to be, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that in itself was an influence. Like, be completely, totally unique and original and different. And that's what The Edge did. And, but they, they made songs, you know, and they still continue to make songs that are so well crafted that they blow everybody's minds every time they release something. And it's like, there you go. And, you know, like beautiful day. I remember when that came out, I was like, they did it again. Yeah. They wrote a song that is so fucking gettable. Yeah. And so amazingly tasteful and elegant, just the right amount of bittersweet that they, I was like, they're back. Yeah. Because I remember they did Disco Tech and they were kind of pissed about that. And even though that was a good record. And that's when it was weird because in my own world, I was like, I did, I experimented with more electronic stuff with the Crystal Method. Can't you trip like I do? And I was remembering like listening to it, like, can't you trip like I do is it's a little better than disco. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, wow, we live in a crazy world. But then they came around with a beautiful day and it was like, holy shit, they are completely, absolutely amazingly back. And it was so great. And then they had another 10, 15 years. And then they came out with vertigo and the same thing. And, you know, like they're back. They sound like, they sound like you too. And they need to sound like you too, you know, like originally them, you know, um, you know, it, it's funny because obviously I, you know, short bus got my attention, but it was title a record that just, and I have such a, I, I, you know, I've touched on this with you before in conversations, but I have such a, a um, an emotional attachment to that record because, um, I had moved to California in 1999 with my band. We, mm-hmm. we really, really wanted to, you know, we'd, we'd all moved, um, into a one room apartment in California and, you know, in, in North Hollywood. We were valley parking uh, at LAX because the only place I could get a job under the table. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, I picked somebody up to go into the airport. They would pick us up on Sepulveda and we would go in and we'd drop them off, you know, drop their car off and take their car back. And when I was in the car, um, this guy had a CD playing and I asked, what is that? He goes, that's the new filter. These are like the, 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 the preliminary mixes. And I remember it was like a burn CD. And, wow. I, and I remember I took the car after I dropped him off and I took my time coming back, I went to the, uh, the Taco Bell that was near, not Taco Bell, the Del Taco. That was, I went to the drive-thru. I really took my time. Cause I'm like, I know I have to bring this car back, but I got to listen to this fucking record. Oh, and, man, I'm surprised you didn't steal it. Well, hang on. So I, I wanted to, but then, but then I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Cause that just goes against everything I believe in. But I, I listened to it. And then I just happened to be working the day that that guy called to have his car back because how it worked that service is that they would give call a 1-800 number and you would bring their car back to them and then you know uh, a shuttle would bring you back to the spot 
mm-hmm. and I just happened to have. Was it the spot? It, well, it would bring us back to the spot in Sepulveda where they oh, okay. up. Because <laughs> well, there's a place, there's a parking service called the Spot. No, it wasn't the I Spot. Mean. It wasn't the Spot. So, 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 no, it's okay. So this guy, Dude, my ADHD is off the chain with your room and the dog. It's okay. The, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. but so, so listen, no, no, it's, I, it's okay. I, I, so I ended up getting this guy when he came back. I happened to be working that day, so I brought him his car, and he he got into the car. And, um, and I said, here are your keys. I go, by the way, I go, I listened to that record like crazy. I even took my time bringing your car back when you originally dropped it. And he goes, pressed eject. He goes, here you go. And he gave it to me. So I, so I had that record. I want to say maybe four or five months, six months before it came out. Wow. So I was listening to that before the internet. And that was my exact, and that was my California record. And that was my record when I was struggling, trying to make it. And then eventually, you know, we got our record deal and we did it Mm -hmm. and all that. But so that record always meant a lot to me. But what I love about that album is that you literally had your U2 moment with that record Mm -hmm. where you fucking just stepped it up from here to here. Thank you. And it's, and I, you know, I have a radio show in Montreal and we have, have, I have a show called the nineties at nine. Um, where it's an hour of 90s music and i always play stuff off that record because it's thank me, you i mean you know and i mean you know this you've been told this before there were some i don't know what happened between short bus and that record but you you did. it was it was confidence yeah and and darcy retsky brown right at the time right. she came into my life and we were we had this fling that was you know the love of like one of the deep loves of my life and she was a pumpkin you know what i mean she was a smashing pumpkin and she and she i don't i just was like because part of being in my growth and my thing was okay now i've been heavy and i've been mean and i've been tough how much what could i sound like if i'm trying to do another emotion that's more emotional and more um i wanted to make us would take a picture i wanted to make a song that sounded like the way drugs made me feel yeah yeah but lyrically talk about what it was actually doing to me so you have this this dichotomy that is this like beautiful gorgeous music that's just taking you down a stream and then there's this like wreckage that you're creating with all the lyrics. Dad could, you know, hey dad, what do you think of your son now? That was that was because I was moments from calling him from jail. Yeah. Like, like my first phone call was to my manager. You know what I mean? I got I get arrested and just insane shit. Yeah. You know. So take a picture was this the heaviest song that I had in my heart. And it was and then when it came out and it was like a huge pop single you know what i mean like it's it kind of screwed my fans up a little bit the heavy metal fans um because they were like wait a minute filter's gone gay i heard some (laughs) i heard some guy like filter went gay you know like uh you know broke my heart but i was like no i i listened to you too i listened to to the rolling stones i listened to the clash and the clash breaks it up all the time they do all kinds of different genres you know they were doing hip-hop for god's sake you know they were this is the radio clash i mean they were practically hip-hop you know title of record was and the other thing that was about title of record was okay i'm a singer yeah like i like it took me going platinum with short bus to go fine i'm a singer because i never really believed in my heart that i could like sing 
Yeah. You can hear it on Hey Man, Nice Shot. I'm like, I wish I would have met. I'm nervous. Yeah. And, you know, just yeah. like, I wish I would and unsure of himself. And, but that apparently paid off because when I screamed those choruses, which is easy yeah. to sing. Yeah. You know, you, you, me, you've got, you've got a pretty, you know, you got a pretty badass scream that you can do for thank a long you. time. So thank you. I appreciate it. But like it, it's it was it was once I recorded the song properly and got it and Trent helped me do that by the way he he let me record some some parts of it at his house okay and um, I had decided like okay fine fuck it I'm gonna embrace all this other musical ideas that I have in my life and the record company was like well this is a departure one minute you're going from heavy metal to like your good looking guy in a video like it's it's going to confuse your fan base we think and that's what was the big complaint with uh one of the guys um uh I can't remember his name um, but one of the executives at Warner Brothers was like, you've gone crazy. You're, you're, your yeah, music has yeah. become schizophrenic and you're, you're all over the place. And I'm like, but that's, I, I, I like that. Yeah, My favorite yeah. thing with Neil Young is he did like a bizarre synth record. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. he, and, and, and the complaint was he changes his musical style. Like he changes his underwear, but, but to me, my fans are eclectic. Mm -hmm. the, the, real, the real filter fans are, are eclectic. They own a Beastie Boys record with, you know, a Nirvana record with a Scarlord record, right. you know, right. a, kid, right. a kid from today, you know, or, or a City Morgue record or, or, or um, a Patsy Cline record or, or, or Billie Eilish, you yeah. know, who's an amazing, amazing talent, you know? So I just when I make my records, I try and take you on a journey. And that's what that record was. It was, it was just purely um, where I was autobiographical, where this crazy self of mine had ended up. And um, there were a lot of different elements that, that, that um, paved the way for it. But a lot of it was confidence due to the fact that like, okay, short bus one platinum. Cool. Right. Like I'm doing something right with my life. And so I really wanted to explore and go crazy and try every, all the different emotional areas that I could go. Um, when you have, you know, when you put out title a record, then you have, you know, a hit like you did with, um, you know, with take a picture, um, it, it must have messed with you a bit because I mean, all of a sudden you go from being like, you know, being that underground band that kind of has their first smash mm -hmm. to the band that delivers like a radio hit, which gets, yeah. you know, was getting played all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. um, it, did the confidence, did the confidence go through the roof? Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it got to a place where it was like, well, fuck, I can do anything. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it, it became, um, I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that I got like overconfident, but I was pretty stoked. Yeah. And so when yeah. I did Amalgamut, the only thing that was kind of holding me back on Amalgamut was the fact that I was definitely a, 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 an alcoholic, drug right. addict. Right. And I couldn't promote that record. And there were some songs off of that record that should have been huge hits. Too. It's a great record. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, the only way is the wrong way should have been a massive single. And the record company was just like, no, we're, we want you to promote your rock side. So they released American cliche 
and you know and it was it wasn't it didn't have the same bite as the only way is the wrong way but that should have been a massive single and and that's part of my story is that i didn't go to rehab at the right time you go and you go yeah you know you there's never a good time to get sober except for actually before you put the record out would be great if you could get sober before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what I should have, you know, done, but I mean, it happens when it happens. And if it didn't happen the, the, the this exact way, I don't think I would have believed that I was in, a, I think I would have went to rehab before if like I, I had an intervention or something and I, I probably wouldn't have, it wouldn't have really got it. I think it took me kind of getting on stage and, forgetting who I was and forgetting lyrics and forgetting, you know, how to sing and how to stay in shape. And, and it took me kind of like dying on the road, you know, almost dying on the road to like getting into rehab and then, you know, having, having gone through rehab, it, it stuck. And that's why I, I went to rehab once. Right. Like I, like my, my story is when I got in there, I was done. Yeah. You know, I yeah. was, you know, and because I even I remember when I got in, I was like, take a good look around because this is the first and last time you're going to be in one of these institutions, which I later found out would be wrong because part of being in recovery is always going back to the institution, the institution. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. get back to the institution <laughs> for someone that hates for someone that uh, hates God or hates religion. You spend probably a lot of time in church basements like me. <laughs> I, I don't hate I don't hate God. If God. Not hate, up, like, yeah, let me let me rephrase he, that for someone who he, might yeah, for someone who might not like religion. Up, yeah. If he literally showed up at the halftime show during the, you know, like during the Super Bowl, like Bill Maher says, yeah, you know, like if he showed up and said, hey, dude, I'm real fucking believe in me, you know, like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. My, my higher power is, is, and we're talking sober people, yeah. by the way, we're talking about sobriety. My higher power is the collective knowledge of the human species. Yeah. It's like the, it's the energy we all share for sure. It's your sobriety and 10 other guys like you will keep me sober. Right. It's like my sobriety is what I call, the, if a group of drunks helps me lift a boulder off my shoulder, a group of drunks, G-O-D, yeah. group of drunks. So if 10 guys help me lift this boulder off my shoulder, that's the the power that is greater than than me that right. I that I look into. It's It's the human, it's it's space travel it's yep. it's the web the james webb telescope that's god to me yeah because no, definitely it's it's it it's totally man-made but it's completely it's 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 thousands of years of information and evolution and and rocket science and brain power melded into one thing so we can peer deeper into the universe like that to me is like that's my higher power. That's not man's knowledge is and and what we've learned yeah, and what is yeah. so obvious. It is so obvious. Of course, war is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Vladimir Putin fucked up. He fucking blew it. We were this close to having like peace on earth and like, dude, just let him vote. Yeah. Don't yeah. be a dictator. Just let him vote. Let him let him have you know Vladimir Lewinsky like let let him be the president of Ukraine. So what? 
Yeah. You know, like, but but believe in democracy and 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 know that it's okay for the people to choose for themselves, the collective body choose for itself, just like America. Yeah. You know, he he, he Biden won because Trump was so fucking divisive and bad. That's why he won. Yeah. And and learn from that like you know what i mean we've we've taken a massive no no but no that's okay that's okay because i i i I, like and it's like we we're like the we've learned that war is bad so why is vladimir putin doing it because he has too much power well and there you go so it comes down to what we were saying you know and you and i speak the same language when it comes to sobriety ego when the ego gets involved and that's that's just a and and it's funny when you have a program for living or you have a way that you live and you have certain steps that you follow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to identify that in somebody else and be like, well, but they don't have what we have necessarily. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the superpower that you have when you are um, someone that is in a 12 step program, you do get that. Yeah. You have that clarity and it's something that, you know, I, I wish I could show that to more. Donald people. Trump needs a fucking 12 step. program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's <laughs> a nut. He is the ego on that man. Yeah, it's, is it's, insane. It, he I, needs, <laughs> he needs to get his ass kicked in, in the world of like, maybe, maybe he find out that maybe his ego is a little bit fucking too crazy. I mean, he, he, he does not, he is an unchecked there was no check in his world there's no balance <laughs> yeah. in his world there is no one in his life that's saying dude chill the fuck out yeah you lost the election stop lying you need especially to-, to yourself you lost yeah he needs an you know inter- he mean? needs an intervention he needs an intervention <laughs> or, or a stint and rehab bill Barr of all people is like dude please you know, please, you're, you're, you're great. You lost. Yeah. You know, and he's, and he can't believe it, you know, like, Anyways, the title of record. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So we go from title of record. Um, obviously you, you get sober, you, you, you know, you put out more music. Um, you're always consistent. You're always pushing, but now you're, you seem to be in a really different place because I, I, I see that you do all kinds of stuff in music. You know, you're not necessarily just limiting yourself to being the filter guy. You're soundtracking. Um, mm-hmm. it seems like you're doing a lot of stuff um scores yeah yeah and and it seems like you enjoy that um and i've talked to a lot of guys that were you know quote unquote you know professional musicians and and they performed and they toured and that was their main thing but a lot of them would tell me at a point they would just when they could start doing music and still flexing those muscles but not do it the same way they really enjoyed it like doing something a little behind the scenes but still contributing it it, they almost found like a piece in it Are, are you yeah i'm i'm I love performing. I love being on stage. I love making filter records. I'm making a filter record right now. I'm also working on a new band called A Place to Kill with Jim Laveau. Oh, nice. Um, It's heavy as hell. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, it really goes back to my industrial roots. It's, it's super heavy and just more electronic and, um, and but scoring, you know, like you know what I yeah, mean, like yeah. you know, drones and stuff like that, and making. Can you hear all that when I do? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it's it's to me, it's just another audience. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. Working working for a director and for producers and sitting there and going, now what do you need? What do you want me to do? Here's what I think you should have. Maybe we should do this for the movie, The Chariot. 
which is uh, coming out soon, Thomas Mann and um, John Malkovich. Okay. Um, it's coming out in April. And, you know, we I got the movie and they attempt in all this stuff. And it was like, I think you're wrong. I think I think it was it was kind of weird. And I'm like, let's not go weird. Let's go whimsical. And let's be kind of more ethereal and um, magical. Yeah. And yeah. and they were like, okay. And so I tried some stuff and they were like, wow, that's really great. And, and it's just a totally different way of communicating musically with people. And, um, you know, obviously Trent and I used to talk about doing movie scores way back in the day on the tour bus. Like, wouldn't yeah. it be cool to like make all those drones and all that stuff like Mark Isham and, and, you know, and like do movie scores and like, you know, back in the day. And he obviously went off and did it. And when he, when he greenlit that in my mind, I was like, man, I got to do it. Too. Yeah, I gotta yeah. try. He's a mentor in many different ways. And um, for me, but when he started really getting successful, and doing movie scores, I was like, I, it like greenlit the path for me to like try. And when I, when Jim Carrey gave me my first opportunity with the movie Dark Crimes, I jumped, I wow. jumped. Yeah. I was like, fucking A Bubba. Yeah, absolutely. Cause he was like, he, you know, the, the whole movie was, they were like, they were like, we want something dark and something brooding, but like, you know, I think, from what I remember, they told me that he really liked Hey Man, Nice Shot in the basketball scene to Cable Guy. Yep. And like, that's how he remembered me. Like, oh, yeah, that guy, the oh, wow. other guy, yeah, the yeah, other yeah. guy from Nine Inch Nails that yeah. broke away and did his own thing. You know, yeah. Um, You know, I'm, I I love soundtracks. Uh, I just, you know, I just picked up the Dune, uh, the Hans Zimmer stuff that he yeah. did for Dune, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, that movie mm-hmm. sounded great. Um, yeah. I love the whole, you know, we've talked about John Carpenter before. I love John Carpenter's soundtracks. I love the fact that, you know, he, yeah. he did them because he couldn't afford to get anybody else to do them. That's um, amazing because the themes that he used, that the, the Halloween. Iconic. And yeah. You know, the, the, just, the Escape from New York but, one, the, you know, the one for They Live. Like, I love that stuff. But he used synth. Yeah. Like, Instead of using an orchestra, he was like Mark Isham. He he was a synth person. And, you know, and the greatest score ever created, like one of one of the top 10. First off, when you're talking about scores and composers, John Williams is his own. Yeah, it's a, yeah. like island. He's like he's, just, like he's he's like the Beatles. He's the, he's he's literally the greatest composer of, of our time, like of our time. He he his. And the stuff that he does for movies, whether it's Jaws to Close Encounters, Star Wars, Superman, Saving Private Ryan, Superman, um, just mind blowing. So there's that of which we we speak of. And then there's the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Mark Isham or there's so many of the Vangelis for the Blade Runner soundtrack. yeah, Yeah. So that. And Blade Runner came out and it sounded almost dated at the time, but because analog synth is so magical and universal, it's now like just a part of a part of the, the vernacular of yeah. like, yeah, it yeah. is just gorgeous analog synth. Like, you know, like, so it, the only one that sounds a little dated is maybe Chariots of Fire, but um, yeah. Um, but Blade Runner is still to the to the to 
to this day, one of the most important scores out there. And so that was kind of where I gravitate to. I I, I go for more of the sound design slash drones sure. slash that's kind of where I like to live when I do scores. But I love melody too. Yeah. So and part of part of my melody making is comes from just hearing John Williams 24 hours a day on TV growing up. Yeah. I mean, those were all the, you know, all, all those movies all from that time, like every, you know, I, like I love the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars, Jaws, but the Superman soundtrack for me was like, I mean, being a little kid and seeing Superman in the theater at six years old. I mean, oh yeah. That just blew my mind. He's insane. The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I mean, it just goes on and yeah. on and on. I mean, he, yeah. he, it never ends. It, he's literally the, the greatest composer ever. Like he, he's up there with Mozart as far as I'm concerned. Oh no, I I, I know, yeah. I know. And a lot of people will dismiss it because oh, it's just, you know, it's just popcorn music, but no, it's not. But that's what, but see, that's what the operas were back in the day. Right. right. Yeah. You know, some of those operas, I mean, look at, look at how, you know, you know, William Shakespeare, you know, like graphically talking about boners and everything. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. the prick of noon, you know, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like in Romeo and Juliet, they like, yeah, they were graphic. They were, they were getting it on. It's funny when you, when you, when you learn, like I went to theater school and, um, and I studied Shakespeare and, and when you break it down and when you have someone, like when you have a good teacher that really teaches you, you know, and you learn mm -hmm. the iambic pentameter and all that, it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was really fun to understand it because mm -hmm. once you can get in there and understand it and see what he was doing, it's like, oh yeah, this was like soap operas from back then. Yeah. You know, it was like, they were writing for the people. You know, and, and magic. They want magic and fantasy. Remember that in Amadeus? Yeah. <laughs> they want but, magic. They want, they don't want a mass requiem. But it's, yeah. it's funny how we think, I think maybe it's the human condition where we think what we're doing is always so important. And this goes back to your, you know, your concept of the, you know, the, uh, the good orderly direction. There is that energy and there are all those 10,000 years before us that yeah. are all coming through. So what I think it, it makes you, when you look back on something like Shakespeare, you look back, you know, or, or when people are going to in a hundred years, look back on John Williams, mm -hmm. they're going to realize, oh yeah, they were doing that too. They just did it a little different. Jaws was a, was a, was a, could have been a bad, goofy movie with yeah. a fake shark. I mean, it could have gone that yeah. way, but it was so good it was the music it was such a well it was everything it was yeah. direction the 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 acting was top notch everybody was great but that music and 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 you know it's two notes yeah yeah bum, 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 yeah. Bum. and that's the other thing about scores that i love so much is it's so simple yeah sometimes the simplest idea can kind of take your it, it just works and that's what's so amazing about music is, is literally like some of the, you know, I just got back from Nashville and I work with Sam Tenez and um, I work with uh, some other guys that Jeff Duncan and Seth Mosley and um, they're musical geniuses. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there with him and I'm like, isn't it amazing that like the simple thing can also be like the simple idea can yeah, kind of yeah. be what's cool. Yeah. In, yeah. in music and, and they all agreed like, yeah, it's, it can be incredibly complicated, but at the same time, just kind of going for the gut, you know, you know, when, when Frank Ocean um, put out channel orange, um, I remember hearing that record and a lot of people are like, this is just so simple and it's downplayed. I'm like, no, man, it's, it's understated, but it's powerful. And, mm -hmm. and, and I love when people can sometimes less is more. 
in yeah in well dude ways. i will follow by you too yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. two chords. And, yeah, I know. It's it's really then, it's Larry's drumming that really and that but then that. but then doing the thing that we all do when we get a guitar, we play the harmonics. Yeah. Bling, 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 yeah. Bling. And I'm like, dude, he just did that in a song. Yeah. Like, like you can't do that's something we as guitar players were tuning up. We do that to tune up. <laughs> and you know, like he just did that in the song. Like, you know, but that's the beauty of it, is the edge kind of went the obvious choice to be effective as opposed to like being like super complicated, which was another amazing thing that like Eddie Van Halen did. He was very, it was very complicated. It was very, you know, they used the term math, you know, math rock and yeah. stuff like that. And tool is kind of like that too. And, you know, it's very, it's very, you know, complicated and we love them for that. But sure. at the same time, the effectiveness of just, you know, yeah. I mean, like when I played Hey Man and I shot on guitar, Trent was like, what are you doing? Why, why is that look so easy? I was like, because I down tune. Right. I, I, right. I dry, it's drop D. It's drop D tuning. So your finger becomes, your entire finger becomes the bar chord on these two notes. And he's like, that's, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that's the beauty of drop D's because it's everything is automatically just a bar chord. So you can kind of flip around the neck. And he was like, well, that's, that's fucking cheating. He's like, I was trying to figure that out, man. I, I was doing it on standard tuning and, and it was just like a, a great moment of like, yeah, dude, Hey man, nice shots. Insanely easy to play on guitar. Right. It sounds super complicated and, and, and everything like that, but it is easy. Once you get the rhythm down, like it is a very easy, and that's what, that's what I gravitate to when I write, I yeah. try and do like something that's simple, gettable and effective, you know? So you've got, um, you know, you've got another project you're working on. You've got the scoring, you've got a new filter record. Um, what else do you have on the go? That's pretty much it. <laughs> it's, and, and it sounds and, like a pretty and, full plate. It's a full plate and I'm a dad. Yeah. And um, I, I think the scoring part of my life is amazing because I get to come home at five, yeah. you know, from the studio. I have this beautiful playground that I'm in, you know, that I sit sit here all day and I make music. And then I um, I go home to a, a loving family. I have a, an amazing wife and two beautiful kids, uh, Sloan and Ridley, my 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 daughter and my son. And what can I say? I'm a I'm a proud papa. They are straight A students. They're smart as whips. They're fun. They're you know they're growing up right before me. I mean, it's crazy. You eh? know, a couple of years ago they were little kids, and now they're big. Yeah, you know, they're yeah. they're both in their teenage years now, and it's wild. Yeah, I've got a seventeen and a uh, seventeen and a fourteen year old, soon to be eighteen and fifteen, and it's uh, and it's crazy. Like my my daughter has incredible taste in music, turns me on to stuff, you know, um, cool. she went to go see Mitski last week. She's going to see Phoebe Bridgers. She's, and, and we play each and she, she wrote me a text this morning. She's like, dad, she goes, I have a Steely Dan song stuck in my head. She goes, you've succeeded as a father. <laughs> well, my daughter is like, my daughter's kind of, uh, she, she's like, Hey dad, there's this kid at school that like, loves you 
like has all your records yeah. and i'm like that's cool yeah thank yeah. you very much yeah. i'm like yeah. wouldn't it be nice if you checked out some of my music she's like i like your music i like taking picture i like came in and she's <laughs> she introduced me to billy eilish which yeah. was same early same. my daughter too same yeah same. and you know there's billy eilish songs that brings me to tears yeah. they're so amazing yeah. so i'm 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 very lucky that like i have i try and keep i hate to say it but i try and keep young people around me to same to make sure that i yeah. i listen to the newest stuff because they're really in tune oh yeah yeah i mean my yeah. the, the stuff that my daughters turned me on to um and in turn i've turned her on to you know the other day she's like i met two new friends and i want to send them playlists because you always send me playlists you know we have apple music and i send her playlists and she's like i want to you know you have that great 90s there's some great female 90s artists so i'm sending her you know i'm sending her the breeders i'm sending her garbage i'm sending her um you know uh, tracy bottom i'm sending her liz fair all this stuff and she's like dad you know all this great stuff and then she'll send yeah. me stuff and it's just i love when she'll send me something and i'll be like if you like that, listen to this. And then all yeah. of a sudden she's like, oh, they're talking about Fiona Apple on TikTok. And it's so cool. And, and it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to do that with your kids. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Well, music, and but also like movies and, oh, and, yeah. and yeah. you know, and, and, but it's wild. None of my kids play music. No, I'm, I was kind of shocked that no one is gravitating to the guitar or the piano or it's a different, yeah. they're, they're just kind of like, they appreciate it, but they're like, my son's like, he's in coding. Okay. Like he's, he's, like, I, I bet he gets a job when he's like 16 as a coder, but he loves video games. And yeah. so that's another way of we connect with tons of video game action in our house. And then, but my daughter's definitely, she's a little bit of the music, the music fan. I'm going to get, I'm going to do some, I'm going to make a playlist for her and send it to her. I don't know how to do that. I'm going to figure out how it's to easy. do that. It's easy. I can yeah. show it. It's easy. Because <laughs> I've got, uh, there's, I, if I make a playlist, it's, it's, you'd be right there. You, you would love my playlist. Yeah. It's like yeah. everything from, you know, wow, massive attack to um, just, just so much music, so much great music out there. It's a Pantera. Yeah. I mean, listen, Pantera. I, I, I'm one of these guys that doesn't, um, there's nothing that brings me more joy than sharing music with people and being mm -hmm. able to make a playlist and sharing it with someone, um, and being able to do that with my kids and have them appreciate it and then have them come back and go, you know, you, you put something on the playlist, the span quicksand. And, and I went back and listened to the whole record and it, they're really good. And I'm like, well, if you like that, you got to listen to this. And then my daughter comes home the other day and she's like, dad, I heard this song by Deftones, Be Quiet and Drive Far Away. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. man. She's like, yeah. it's a little I like. I heard that on the way. I heard that on the way to the studio this morning. That's great. That's really cool. It was on, it was on Turbo. It's, um, it's a great feeling to be able to do that. So, um, dude, I don't want to keep you too long, but I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, it's yeah, no problem. It's great to catch up and it's great to see that you're in such a good place. And, um, mm -hmm. I've been watching some of those clips of you in the studio. And I think I, I commented maybe a week ago, like that, hearing you do that long scream, that trademark scream of yours, just, <laughs> it brought such a smile to my face. I'm like, yes, I'm going to get new filter music soon. It's so, so weird yeah. because in the headphones with the music yeah. it's the shit but yeah. I mean, it's it's someone was like what did you stub your toe you know like yeah you know they're like what is that richard thanks again uh continued success and uh and we'll we'll catch up again soon man yeah and i can't wait to get you some new music too because we're going to start releasing it hopefully soon guess what i'm doing with filter what are you doing with filter i'm returning to ben gross Ooh. as the producer ben 
and Mixer. Wow. And so we're going to make two songs that sound just like Amalgamated title of record. Mm. It's going to sound just as amazing as that. They're well-written songs, so I got that going for me. But it's going to take his sauce. Yeah. He puts this amazing sauce. He calls it butter. He puts a little saucy butter on, on the mix for, somehow. It's, it's amazing. But I haven't worked with him in years. And now we're finally going to get back together and do some stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks again for taking the time, man. You got it. Thank you for having me. Obviously, dude, the parts where you guys are just dorking out about John Carpenter and other things like really, really made me smile. But what I really liked about is him kind of gained the confidence to be more of a singer as opposed to just a screamer, you know, and that evolution and hearing about that. I always assume that all these rock stars just always have it figured out and they're cool, more cool than school. And then I forget, it's just like, you know, between those albums, there's all this self-doubt and, uh, you know, it makes it so much more human. So consider me even more of a filter fan after, you know, seeing all that. And, you know, being a musician, uh, you you know, you know, you've been you've been in bands, you played music. Uh, There's nothing that is more. You know, unstable and uh, and and destabilizing than being a, a musician. It, it's 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 life is full of uncertainty. You never know where your next paycheck's going to come from. There's always self doubt. If this didn't work out, you're always wondering why. Was it me? And and so, you know, there's timing that's involved. There's being in the right place at the right time. And I don't know, man. There's something. What what I love about Richard's story is that he went on. You know, he went on to leave one of the biggest bands to start his own thing, and then he puts out his second album and in my opinion, wrote some of the best songs ever. I mean, you know, Take a Picture is just an incredible, an incredible song. And I, I just think he's, he's, it seems like he's always somebody that's searching and, and trying to better his craft. And, uh, and he's also a sober guy. So I've got a soft spot for him. You know, he's, um, he's, he's somebody that seems to have really taken hold of his life and, and, and is always trying to be a better musician, a better person. And, um, and, and, and it comes across in the conversation he's passionate still, he's got a lot of passion for what he does. And some of his scores, man, if you watch some of the stuff on Netflix that he scored, it's crazy. I mean, he really has a good ear for, for bringing the drama to to a scene through music and um and yeah you know dorking out with him about john carpenter is kind of fun i mean carpenter as you know is one of my favorite favorite composers and and a lot of people you know the snobs would say well he's not even a composer but yeah fucking john carpenter's a composer man whether no matter how he became a composer what if it was for necessity or whatever he still has composed some of the you know the most memorable music in film yeah he might not be a john williams but man um yeah but john williams started out as a jazz piano player yeah. And uh, Danny Elfman was the singer of Oingo Boingo. Yeah. I mean, all these film composers that we such hold in such high regard. They started as just yeah, yeah. somebody in a band once upon a time. So it's a, to see Richard falling into that and, and doing more and more of that makes me really happy. And there's new filter music coming as well. I mean, he talked about it a little bit. Uh, there is a new album coming. So um, it's 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 just it's a blast to be able to do this, Ryan, because we mm-hmm. get to have some great conversations with really interesting people. So um, I think this was a really, really fun one. And we got a lot of fun stuff coming up. As always, you know, we're always working behind the scenes. Just want to let you know, if you are uh, listening to this podcast for the first time, please like, subscribe, hit the bell. 
um, below if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, and that way you'll be alerted as to when a new episode drops. And if you're listening to us on a podcasting service that you're streaming, please just do the same thing. Subscribe and uh, and like it and share it if you're enjoying it, because we really appreciate that. Uh, big thanks to Studio House Designs for always making us look fresh. A big, big thanks always to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, who are our title sponsor here on the Rockman Power Hour. Uh, they have great, great hot sauce. And... Um, we want to thank all of you. Thanks to my co-host, Ryan Stick, who again is annihilating himself with dill pickle hot sauce. I, you don't have to do that, man. You're good. You're going to burn through all your hot sauce and it's going <laughs> to, but again, well, let's something's bring Something's burning. Yeah. Well, but it, it will not burn on the way out. That's what I've noticed about heart, heartbeat, but not to get graphic. I uh, also want to thank our, our producer, Julia Kajerski and, uh, and all of you for, uh, for joining us on the journey. As always, we'll see you next Monday on the Rockman Power Hour.